You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your routine. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcast. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Uh, big news to talk about. Uh, Rupp Arena, uh, a uh, call to change that name has come from uh, faculty members, some faculty members at the University of Kentucky. Uh, there's also Adam Kunkel played at Cooper high school uh, in Kentucky and went to Belmont. And now he's in the transfer portal and Kentucky's interested. Also Isaiah Jackson, the final member of the 2020 21 UK basketball team has arrived on campus. So all, all the basketball players are now in Lexington on campus and uh, some other stuff we'll get to if we have time, but uh, also, I guess, should mention that uh, if you didn't see on Twitter, I announced that I was leaving, and so I won't be doing this Locked On Kentucky podcast too much longer. As a matter of fact, Kyle and I are both stepping away from the Locked On Kentucky podcast on, uh, let's see, today's Friday. So a week from today will be We're our, our last. Yep, that's it. I can't, We're run, done. Off a, I can't run off a fourth. Uh, I've, had, I've had three and, and all you guys just keep moving on. So I th- I'm getting, I'm taking a hint that uh, I'm just very difficult to work with. So yeah, that was the running joke is that uh, if you wanted to move on to a uh, bigger and brighter things in your life, uh, co-host this show with Kyle Tucker. And then within a year you'll be, you know, Curtis Birchie's now at UK doing uh, something that he uh, appears to love uh, the opportunity that he has at UK working yeah. with uh, sports over there. And then your your guy, Kyle Mann, yeah. he's Went now to the with uh, To The Ringer, uh, which is a pretty good gig. And then uh, I, you've run me completely out of sports broadcasting. Out of, out of the it. profession, out of the, uh, out of the state. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I'm moving to Michigan. Uh, I told you on Twitter that my wife got an opportunity up there to – uh, be a general manager of uh, three TV stations that are all owned by the same company, the company that she uh, currently has worked for. She's worked for them for like 25 years. And so it's a good opportunity. And, you know, I said it's in Flint. We're going to actually be living in Grand Blank, Michigan, which is a little about 15 miles outside of Flint. Lots of don't drink the water jokes, um, which I expected, but obviously knowing that I'm moving to the Flint area, uh, it was not news to me. You were not the first person to let me know not to drink the water. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll just tell you straight up. When I first heard about uh, the opportunity in Flint, I'm like, no way. Not yeah, a right. chance. We are not moving our family to Flint, Michigan. Uh, but then got a chance to you know, look at it a little bit, the area, just to get a feel for everything. And it's nothing like what I thought. It's, I mean, Flint is a town that is, um, you know, clearly economically in decline because uh, it was a, uh, you know, um, General Motors and and you know, car manufacturers. That was the business there, and as uh, you know, businesses have 
gone away. The town has, you know, lost a lot of job opportunities. So, I mean, that's happened with so many American cities with industry leaving and then turning into uh, abandoned buildings and abandoned homes and all that. But downtown Flint is very nice, very nice area. Uh, very cool. And then everywhere around Flint is beautiful. There is a lake in every direction within 20 minutes in very yeah. nice little towns. Summers will people, be cool up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The people are friendly. Uh, less than an hour from Detroit. Uh, so I am not because uh, I've gotten some messages where, dude, Flint, really? <laughs> you better bring a gun and some bottled water. It's, it's nowhere near um what you may vision uh envision in your mind flint uh, that that area in in mid michigan is very nice and upper peninsula which you just mentioned vacation and stuff that is a huge vacation area so i'm i'm looking forward to it i love kentucky like never even wanted to leave kentucky lexington but this just came up and so uh couldn't couldn't really pass on it and and then i'm going to go into um, Teaching, um, eventually, uh, hoping to teach, you know, journalism, sports broadcasting specifically is what I want to get into and teach people, um, camera work and video editing and that kind of stuff. And if I could do it at the college level, that would be my preference eventually, but got to start somewhere. So I'm just going to get, get my foot in the door any way I can in the beginning and then uh, maybe even get into coaching and see, see if that, if there's an opportunity there and coach some football. So, and, and that's really just because the last 20 years I've lived a lifestyle of a sports broadcaster with me, which means nights and weekends and um, you know, times that your family is, you know, stuff that you would, times that you would like to be doing stuff with your family, like uh, Friday nights or uh, Sundays or, you know, Saturdays for games sometimes. So, all that stuff, uh, but it has been very cool, as you know, Kyle, to work in the sports uh, broadcast or sports industry. It's just it's not all always glamorous and fun, but there are a lot of great moments, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. These last twenty years doing it, so it's it's bittersweet that way because I love doing it. I would love to continue doing it, but I, I've built something here in Central Kentucky and Lexington that I'm that's not going to carry to Michigan. And so I don't really want to start over that way uh, yeah. up there and try to, which would mean lots of nights and weekends again. And I just don't have any desire to do that. My kids are uh, going into seventh grade. They both play sports. I want to go to their games, uh, be around. And I just value that time with the family uh, a little bit more than, um, you know, going and covering games and talking about it and doing it on TV and all that stuff. So. Yeah, life changes. You get uh, different different stages of life. You uh, feel more or less motivated in <laughs> in certain yeah. areas. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I uh, I'm still in it and still very much enjoy it. But I I don't think I could ever go back to doing it the way I used to do it. Uh, now that I have kids, mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't go. I couldn't. I don't know if I could go work for a, a place that wanted like just the constant grind and, and churn of a story on everything that moves on Kentucky football and basketball, right? Because uh, I just don't think I'd be able to spend any time with my kids that way. Um, well, but, it's a twenty four seven type deal. If something happens, yeah. you got to 
you got to be on top of it. If you're the exclusive beat writer for a newspaper like the Courier Journal, the Lexington Herald leader for UK athletics. Yeah, that was uh, the the first year I was in Kentucky. Uh, I, I was the full-time football and basketball beat writer. And basically the editor we had at the time expected like multiple stories a day, every day, yeah. like six days a week. And that's a lot. And I thought by the end of that year that I was just like not cut out for <laughs> for being in that business anymore. And I didn't even have any kids yet. So anyway, but we'll, uh, it'll be a bummer to let the uh, podcast go, but uh, yeah, it's been fun. I don't, I don't, I also don't want to try to start over <laughs> again. Um, yeah. Cause it was, it was uh, since I started doing Locked On, um, there have been really three clear, like really logical choices for me to do a podcast with. You know, Curtis um, had done some stuff at uh, SEC Country with us, and so we had that um, relationship already, um, and so that was really logical and and easy to to flow right into. And then uh, Kyle Mann being a great friend of mine, and we'd done some, uh, well, not done some stuff together professionally, but had we have sort of a constant dialogue about uk sports all the time um and i knew you know he does videos that he uh does voiceovers on and so i knew he'd be great on that and that was logical and then when he moved on i thought you were like you know you and i are good friends and i know you know the material and so we just sort of seamlessly flowed into that and now it's like there's not a uh there's not an obvious Excuse me, I'm not crying over here. It sounds like I am. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm a little verklempt. I'm like choked for some reason. Hang on, I'm going to mute my line. All right, that's better. That was like, okay, people are going to think I'm weeping about Dan leaving. Um, <laughs> had a frog in my throat. I sure. I, I just don't. I am going to miss you, Dan. But I, I, I'm not, I just don't think I can reboot with a fourth, <laughs> a fourth co-host. So I'm going to let it. Uh, I'm going to let it go. If you love something, let it go. Um, there you go. And I may, I may start up something uh, on my own that is uh, less frequent, you know, maybe once a week at some point um, down the road. Uh, the Athletic has a podcast network, and we may, we may crank up something Kentucky-wise down the road. But uh, for now, next week will be our farewell. Yeah, and it's been fun, man. It's been a it's been a good good run. We'll, we'll we have we have more time to to sob on each other uh, and and pat each other on the back. But uh, yeah, we'll do I'm that next week. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as for the future of Locked On Kentucky, uh, hopefully we'll have some more information on that for you next week. But uh, I can tell you that um, there's the something in the works. Continue, yeah, with some yeah. other some other folks. Yeah, there's something in the works. So. Uh, when we come back here on Locked On Kentucky, we're going to take a break and then uh, we'll we will discuss uh, Rupp Arena and all that stuff. By the way, today's show, today's episode, brought to you by RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Uh, I mean, you've heard me talk about it before on here if you've listened to this podcast, but I mean, it's really as simple as: Do you want to save money? That, I mean, that's it. If you go to the big auto parts chain store. You're just going to wind up paying more than you would if you bought the same part from rockauto.com. We're talking, I mean, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a mechanic. I mean, uh, to me, I I can't change out a carburetor on a vehicle. I I don't have that knowledge. I know where it is. I'm not going to change it. I'm just not going to do it. But uh, if I just need some oil 
you know, um, something like that. You, you can get that. Or if I need some, some upholstery for my car, like carpeting and stuff, I, I could do that. I can get those things at rockauto.com. If I went to the chain store, I would go up to them and say, hey, do you have this? They would say no, because they can't possibly stock everything in a bricks and mortar store. They would order it online. And then they're doing the same thing that you would be doing if you just went to rockauto.com. They have everything, like I said, from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that we they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky. And Kyle, the big topic on Thursday that came out was that UK's African-American and African Africana studies faculty uh, basically petitioned the school to change the name of Rupp Arena. They wrote a letter. Uh, they had several items on there, a list of things, uh, things like uh, UK keeping the current percentages of black staff at every level as they go through the pandemic and when they have to make cuts, uh, require a course on race and inequality for all undergraduates, have representation of the population of black people in Lexington, which is 15%, have that represented in uh, the percentage of, of black people on staff at the University of Kentucky, more black faculty and staff to leadership positions, increased support for black students, uh, accountability for individuals who commit racist and other acts of discrimination on campus, fund the new Commonwealth Institute for Black Studies, join the university's Studying Slavery Collective, an initiative uh, of the histories of slavery and racism within the institution, and institute a policy that minimizes cooperation with federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies, including ICE and the Lexington Police Department. I mean, it's quite a list of of requests. The biggest one, of course, that'll get that is getting all the headlines and will be talked about the most, even though, I mean, there's some other I mean, it's pretty big to ask that your university minimizes its cooperation with federal, state, and local law enforcement. Uh, but Rupp Arena, and their and their their claim is that the name Adolf Rupp stands for racism and exclusion in UK athletics and alienates black students, fans, and attendees. I do not uh, believe that way, but I can see how some do. You know, not everyone is up on the full history of Adolf Rupp and knowing everything about him. I mean, he's. Uh, Today, for many people, he's just a name. Right. Uh, because you, you didn't live in those times. You don't know. And it's not greatly publicized. What's more publicized about him is the allegation that he was a racist. Right. Not that he was not. Or not well, and a lot of people, anything. I mean, frankly, a lot of people's uh, thoughts on Rupp are informed by a movie. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I would say that Glory Road and the idea that it was you know, black versus white and it was that symbol and Rupp didn't want blacks. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think that 
is the sort of accepted Hollywood version of that. Yeah. Um, when I think even people involved in that story, that specific story, don't necessarily paint it that way. Um, I, I think it's a complicated issue because I, I, I think for people who do feel that way, and, and I don't think, here, I guess the simplest way I would say this is I don't think we can prove that he was not racist. And I don't think right. we can prove, I, I don't think anybody's shown me any real definitive proof that he was. Um, you know, I, and I'm not, I'm not a, the type to excuse people as being a man of their time. Uh, you know, he was just a man of his time. And so that's how it was. I mean, right is right and wrong is wrong. And I don't think it, even back then, people who were racist and, and, and uh, discriminatory, they knew they were wrong. <laughs> I mean, they knew they were wrong. But uh, so I'm not saying man of his time, but I, you know, I have talked to people. We know Dick Gabriel, who uh, has done a documentary about this, sort of exploring that issue. I know reporters that set out to, you know, they thought, well, of course, Rupp is racist. That's what I've heard. And so I'm going to write, I'm going to try to, you know, demonstrate that and report that. Um, who've gone down that rabbit hole and not really been able to find any uh, solid evidence. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. What we can say is he did, he was very slow to recruit, to sign black players. Uh, there's another thing that's sort of up for debate is how heavily he recruited black players. And there's, you know, Wes Unseld and other guys that, you know, the stories go that he talked to them and he kind of acknowledged to them, Hey, I would love to have you, but look at the climate that we're in, mm -hmm. uh, in this state, in the South, in the state of the country right now. Um, and so it is complicated because I can see, I mean, the simple facts are that he didn't add black players until much later than he should have. Um, and it wasn't really, if we're honest, I mean, if it wasn't really until it became clear that he really needed to add some black players or he was not going to be able to stay on top of college basketball. Um, and so it was more about winning than it was about um, any sort of social progress, I think. But again, you know, if there was a if there were a bunch of people lining up to say, you know, I I, I wanted you know Rupp to recruit me, and he called me the N word and told me he wasn't going to have any of them on campus or whatever. I mean, there's just not there's not any real validated stories that I've seen that you go, oh, without a doubt, Adolf Rupp was racist. I think the it's more anecdotal that he didn't sign black players until much later than he should have. And you, yeah. and you can debate why, if it was the whole idea of he was protecting them. I mean, his staunchest defenders will say, well, he was just looking out for, for those black players because he didn't want to bring them into an environment where they were going to be uncomfortable or feel unsafe uh, or take them on the road in the SEC. Uh, you know, yeah, that wasn't going to be – I mean, to go on the road in the SEC playing for Kentucky basketball at that time, it would have been an undertaking like Jackie Robinson. And, and so – who who wants that? I mean, if you're talking to an 18 year old, 17 or 18 year old kid, do do they want to do that? Do they want to take that on? Are they tough enough, strong enough to to withstand that kind of abuse without just not you know mentally breaking down or just kind of destroying their whole being and quality of life at that time? I mean, that's a lot to absorb and take. I mean, the persecution that you would go through is a lot. 
So did Wes Unseld want to do it? No, he admitted that he didn't want to do that. I, that that was it. That's why. Like I, I did not want to put up with that. I, I was not interested in in um, in that life. I mean, in 1961 or in 1960, rather, the UK president was Dr. Frank Dickey, and Adolf Rupp asked to leave the SEC so that he could recruit black players. Now, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't take that as saying, well, there's Rupp uh, showing what kind of guy he is. Adolf Rupp wanted to win basketball games. So yeah. when he believed that black players, which he saw firsthand um, against uh, what Texas Western UTEP yeah. in the NCAA championship game, like, well, we, we we need the best players we can get to win basketball games. And if the best players uh, happen to be black, then we need them to win basketball games. Now, I, I'm not saying that that's a definitive proof, like I said, that he was, um, you know, a champion uh, for, for African-Americans. But it shows that he was... Um, he was cognizant of the fact that the SEC was going to be very tough for any black athlete on the Kentucky basketball program. And can we leave it so I can have black players on my team so they would come here, so they wouldn't be, um, you know, subjected to that. So they wouldn't, right. that wouldn't be a consideration. Well, I mean, if they'd, been in the big, if they'd been in the Big Ten, then, you know, I think they have black players sooner and it's not really mm-hmm. as big of an issue. Yeah, uh, playing in that region, and uh, it would have been interesting. I, I've, honestly, it would have been really interesting to imagine Kentucky athletics history if they had moved to the Big Ten fifty years ago. Good grief! Uh, Crazy 60, sixty years ago, um, because I think they might have won more in basketball. Um, they might have their their football fortune might have been different. Um, playing in that conference. But, uh, you know, you said that was 1960 that he said that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that's 1960. Kentucky's first black football signee, Nate Northington, signed in 1965. Uh, yeah. And then it wasn't until 1970, Tom Payne um, became the first black basketball player to sign with Kentucky. Um so it was a long time. I mean that, and and that is that's sort of the 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 gist of it. You know, I think if if you know Kentucky can um, take black football players, four of them, who now have a statue out front of the football facility, um, you know, Kentucky was a, a leader in that. They were the first in the SEC, right? Um, in they can do that. In 1965, and it's not until five years later that Rupp goes that way with football. Basketball, um, yeah. Uh, basketball. I mean, it sort of takes away that whole idea. That, oh, well, we're in the SEC and I can't do that. I mean, Kentucky did that in football five years earlier. Um, and so I get why people say, well, he must have been a racist. Why didn't, you know, what took so long? I, I don't know. I, I don't know that there's. Well, enough- they received death threats. Uh, Adolf Rupp and. And one of his um, recruiters, uh, one of his assistants who were recruiting black players, turned over to the FBI more than 100 death threats over the recruitment of black players. Yeah, I mean, I I think, 
again, I think it's hard to for anyone to show me um, definitive proof that he was a racist. I think it's fair to to challenge whether he was courageous enough, um, because Adolph yeah. Rupp was the most powerful man in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, uh, he could have done and gotten away with anything he wanted in Kentucky. Um, you know, to me, it's uh, this is a totally different issue, but it's about it's it it speaks to leadership. If as we're trying to get people to wear masks, and finally Donald Trump has put on a mask and said it's cool to wear a mask, it's patriotic to wear a mask. If he had done that five months ago, right, four months ago, three months ago, a lot more people would have done it because because he's a whether you like him or not, he is a cult like figure. <laughs> Uh, as a leader, he's a leader for about forty I mean, percent of the country. Yeah, people, people, there are millions of people who will do anything he tells them to do. Yeah, or or will fall in line with anything he says is acceptable. And Adolf Rupp had that that kind of power at Kentucky, in Kentucky. And if he had the courage sooner to say, "We are signing black athletes. They are uh, every bit." the equal of their white peers. Uh, we need them to win. We want them here. You know, Kentucky basketball fans, frankly, would have fallen in line. I mean, they just would have. Um, and so I think it is fair to challenge his courage a little bit on that. Um, does that go, does that, does that go as far as him saying he's a racist? I, I, I'm not really there. Um, I, I, I get why people feel that way. Uh, and they might be right. I mean, there's a good chance they are right because he was a Southern man in the in the 50s and 60s, and and a lot of Southern. Well, men he started he started out in still. Kansas. Yeah, he was started out in Kansas and then was in Illinois before yeah. he came to Kentucky. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah, I it, he I wasn't think raised in the South around those kind of attitudes. I guess that's true. I mean, I think we don't we just don't know. I, I don't think we know. And so, to me, I'm not sure. Um, I, I just think if you, if you were going to ask for that name to be taken down, there will have to be a lot more exploration of the whole idea. Um, because I think everyone would agree if someone can produce, you know, documented examples of racism, of, you know, unquestioned racism in, in Adolf Rupp, then take his name off. Um, you know, I do think it's fair to, to, to judge him a little bit harshly that he didn't didn't have a little more courage to move sooner. I think all those things are valid. Um, and, and and the other thing I would say is, uh, if they change the name, we we really need there to be a movement for it to be Big Ass Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Big Ass Fans? Big Ass Fans yeah. needs yeah. to get the bid in. Right now, uh, I wanted when they sold the naming rights to Commonwealth Stadium. I really wanted them to wanted it to be Big Ass Stadium, um, <laughs> but Big Ass Arena would be also great. Yes, um, you know, I saw nice. I saw Matt Jones tweet. The solution to this is that they build a new on-campus arena and call it Joey right. Hall, yeah. and that's a great thought. There's no chance that's happening uh, no. because it's. I mean, one, if any athletic department right now in this pandemic is like as economic financial uncertainty abounds in college athletics set up. We're going to build a $200 million arena. No, they would be rightly shouted down. Also, they've signed a new, they, they signed a new lease with the, with the city 
which has poured all this money into Rupp Arena and the surrounding conference center. Um, and they threw Central Bank's naming rights on there so that JMI yeah, is, could there, get in there, there and sell some stuff. There is literally no chance that can happen. I mean, it's just not yeah. even feasible for it to happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, JMI has a contract for some advertising within, inside Rupp Arena. Yeah, there's you know? it, it, there's no chance that's happening. No. Um, uh-uh. It's a great thought, but that, that ship sailed. That would have been the time to do that for any right. time in the foreseeable future would have been when they were renegotiating this lease. Right. Um. And if they'd threatened to do that, they'd have gotten a better lease. But, um, but it's not. It's just not a thing they can do. I mean, how would you even do it? What would you do in the meantime? You need to do it at Memorial Coliseum. You're going to tear down your practice facility and have it gone for two years while you build it. Yeah. Um, now there there was a time a few years ago when Mitch Barnhart and Jim Gray were kind of going back and forth, and uh, Jim Gray said some things that kind of, uh, uh, you know, ruffled some feathers over there and. Because, I mean, Kentucky's holding all the cards. You withdraw Kentucky basketball from downtown Lexington, and you kill that part of town. You really, really hurt that area. So, anyway, we are way overdue for a break. I mean, we're almost out of time for the entire show. So, let's take another break. We'll come back and wrap this up here on Locked on Kentucky. Look, I hope you don't get sick of me telling you about rockauto.com, but uh, I mean, it's something that should be in your brain. The next time you're thinking about what you need to do with your car, then you should look at reliably low prices and a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, rockauto.com. It's just as simple as wanting to save money. You go to that auto parts store, that big chain store, you walk in there, you ask for a part. There's no way they could possibly have all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com does. When they order the part for you at the big auto parts chain store, that's the same thing you're doing. And then if you're a professional mechanic, that big chain store gives you a discount. If if you are a professional mechanic, if, if you just come in and you're like, no, I, no, I'm not a professional mechanic. There's a price difference. You pay more. Not at RockAuto.com. The prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It's just crazy. There is no reason if you're looking for a part for your car, why you wouldn't just go to rockauto.com. It is, it's just that simple. Go there, uh, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, Kyle, we're back here and just uh, uh, not much time at all. Uh, I tell you what, on the next episode on Monday, we are going to explore more on the Rupp Arena uh, call for a na- call for a name change of Rupp Arena. Like, what should Calipari do? What will Calipari do? What about Mitch Barnhart? And, and what they said at the time that um, it was named Rupp Arena at Central Bank Center. Like what what they said were the reasons why Rupp Arena, that name uh, was something that was not under consideration of being changed. Uh, And then also we should discuss Adam Kunkel uh, from Belmont, who is from Cooper High School, who's um, now in the transfer portal and Kentucky's interested. And then uh, Isaiah Jackson. So all those things, let's hit on those. We'll hit on those on the next episode 
of Locked On Kentucky. So if you want to check that out, we'll have it up for you uh, Monday. I promise it'll be there. I know that this week we didn't have anything until today, but my gosh, we have been... We, gotta, we have we just got been some life swamped. things going on. <laughs> yes, we have been swamped with things. And we're short timers, so we've, you know, <laughs> we, let, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. our, our, our motivation to be uh, dutiful podcasters might have taken a bit of a hit. But, uh, yeah, it, it but dropped we do love on the you guys. list of priorities. We're, we're but... sorry about leaving you hanging, but we'll be back next week. We'll finish with a bang. Yes, we will. All right, so in the meantime, uh, you can check us out on Twitter. I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Uh, Again, we'll have one for you on Monday, so look for that. Uh, Appreciate you listening. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. 